0: Welcome to FHOP Church, Message of the Week. We pray you are challenged by the Word. For more information, please visit www.fhop.church. Now I'm starting. Exodus chapter 20, uh... This is the Ten Commandments. You ever heard of the Ten Commandments? There's this crazy thing that happens in the Ten Commandments. In Exodus chapter 20 and verse 4, there's this thing that God says in the Ten Commandments. He says, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Ooh, how many know God is jealous? That's a whole other sermon for a whole other time. What does that mean? Wait, God's jealous? I thought that was an evil emotion. No, 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 no. This is a holy jealousy. God desires you. He desires all of you. That should make you feel really good. Like, God, he wants me. He wants all of me. But what's crazy here is in this verse, and we can go on and read more of it later, and he says it again, and if we look in, in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and chapter 5, this is repeated, whereas God is giving them a command to not make any other image. And, and, and we see in Scripture to not even make an image of him. And that's what's crazy, we see the the children of Israel, they they escape Egypt, they get out of slavery, and they're like, this is wonderful, it's a new start, of a new life, right? Moses goes up the mountain to talk to God, and while he's up there, like, what happened to the man of God? I don't know. And they go to Aaron, they're like, hey, we, we, we don't know what's going on with this guy, and Aaron's like, I'll take care of this. And they build that golden calf, right? And after they build that golden calf, what do they say? He goes... Behold, the God that brought you out of Egypt. It's a thing we made. And it was bad. They made this image. Can I tell you something? God has a problem. And and, and he has a problem with people making images and worshiping them. And, and this wasn't uncommon in that day. You know, most, most religions, especially in that day, had idols that they worshipped, had images that they worshipped. The problem is, and I think this is one of the main reasons God had a problem with this, is, listen, God had already made an image of himself. He had already made an image of himself. I don't need your help, God says. You guys are all trying to make images of all what you think are God. I don't need your help. I've already made an image of myself. Flip over to Genesis. We're going to take a look at this because this is so wonderful. I just love it. Genesis chapter one, and, w- and we're just going to kind of skim through the first chapter here because it's it's pretty great. Hey, Zach, do you mind grabbing me a cup of water while you're up? Uh, in Genesis chapter one, in verse three, we sang this. We've been singing it a while. Some of you are like, man, we've been singing it a lot. Well, maybe you need a get this just get this god says let there be light in genesis 1 3 and guess what happened there was light in fact the, the scripture it, it's even like there's even less words uh, in the original language it's just light exists that's what god said light be light exists light existed because you know god can't lie right anything he says has to happen so if he says there's this thing and it's called light there's light his promises are true his word is true and then what it says in verse 4 says God saw the light and guess what he said he said it's good and then he does something else over in verse 9 he says that to let the waters of the heavens be gathered together and in the end of verse 10 it says he said it was it was what good he says it was good in verse 11 he says and god said let the earth sprout vegetation and plants and he goes on and talks about that and at the end of verse 12 he says he saw it and he saw that it was good verse 14 he said let there be the lights in the sky of the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and he goes and he he creates the sun and the moon and At the end of verse 18, he sees it, and he sees that it is good. I have this underlined in my Bible. It is good. It is good. It is good. Every time God creates something, what is he saying? It is good. It is good. All the way to verse 24 through 25, when he makes animals. And at the end of verse 25, he says, it is good. And then in verse 26, which is where I'm heading with this, In verse 26, it says, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then he tells them to be fruitful and multiply and reminds them that he has given them everything. Right? How many know God is sovereign over everything? So when he creates man, he gives him rule over everything because they're created in his image. And in verse 31... And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Look at the person next to you and say, you are very good. Listen, listen, creation is good, but you are very good. You are very good, and some of us are like, wait a minute, I'm not so sure about this, you're a very good thing, I I don't know if Pastor Drew knows the person sitting next to me. I don't think he's he's seen some of the things this person has done. Um, I, can, I can tell you with every year that goes by, I'm more and more humbled by my loving wife that just loves me. In spite of it all, she loves me. You were created in the image of God. And the problem I see is sometimes we hate what God has called good. And it happens in two different ways. One, the person next to us. And two, the person in the mirror. Now, sometimes I really love that person in the mirror too much. That's pride. That's another sermon for another day. That's not today's sermon. Today's sermon is me reminding the image bearers of God that they bear the image of God. And the people around them do too. The problem is we hate what God has called good. And you're saying, well, wait a minute. Are, you know, we're fallen people now. That was, you know, Adam and Eve, they were perfect. Are we still that way? Turn over to James, and this is James, and he's actually in the middle, and James is close to the back of your Bible. James is such a, a great letter. But in this, we're actually seeing this whole thing about the tongue. The tongue, who can tame it, like, People can do a lot of things. We can tame a lot of animals. We can do a lot of amazing things. But to tame the tongue, that's tough. Hold your words. How many can think of a time in your life where you should have just been quiet and just couldn't? Right? It's just hard. And this was so this. So this this passage right here really applies to to other people, looking at someone else and realizing who they are in Christ. And in verse 8, it tells us of chapter 3 of James. It says, But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, We curse people, and if you want, you can underline this next part, who are made in the likeness of God. We curse people who are made in the likeness of God. We curse the image bearers. That's rough. And I will tell you, I've, I've done this to other people, I've done it to myself, and I know this passage in particular isn't talking about cursing ourselves, but it can hold true, some of you have done it. You are made in the image of God, the people around you are made in the image of God. Do you realize in the image of the image of God was most revealed in who? jesus christ it's revealed in all of us but especially in jesus christ let's let's go to john we might as well flip to all these places i was gonna just read it to you but you know it's the word can i can i can i tell you i um I have a mirror in my house, and the purpose of the mirror in my house is to know everything that's wrong with me, right? Isn't that the reason we all have mirrors, is so we can see what's wrong with us? I need to check the mirror. What are you looking for when you look in the mirror? You're looking for things that aren't right so you can fix them. You're you're not, you're not looking at it just to confirm how great you are. I mean, maybe some of you, I don't know. That means you spend too much time looking in the mirror. Remember, that's a sermon for another time. Most of us, we look in the mirror, we're like, oh, man. Look at everything that's wrong with me. In John chapter 1, it says this, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now, we know this is talking about Jesus Christ as we read on later. That Jesus, and this is one of those really strange passages for us. Like, Jesus was with God. Jesus also was God. He was with God in the beginning. It kind of makes sense because if you go back to that beginning passage, and and the Old Testament, it's clear there's one God, yet God says in Genesis, let us make man in our image. There's this strange dynamic going on that's hard to understand from our reality, from our dimension. And I'm, I'm hoping and as we, we step into glory someday, it becomes a little clearer because it's, it's been hard to wrap my brain around. If we skip down to verse 14, it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory the word became flesh the word we know the world world was created through the word we just read that and that word puts on skin we're about to celebrate that in the christmas season right that's what we celebrate we celebrate god becoming a man the word becomes flesh and he says this we have seen his glory glory as the only son from the father full of grace and truth and what i love about this passage is twice in this passage right here it talks about him being full of grace and truth how many are so thankful that god manifested in jesus christ is full of grace and truth and if we skip down to verse 17 It talks about how the law was given through Moses. And again, it says grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Then it says this. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. But he has made him known. Jesus has made God known. This is the reality of Jesus is the ultimate image bearer. He is God in the flesh. And we see this. Let's flip over to Colossians. Since we're we're going to be really heavy on scripture today. Let's flip over to Colossians. Just go to the right. Colossians chapter 1. And you can. If you want to put a ribbon in it. Because we're coming back to Colossians here after a while probably. This is what it says. We're establishing some here. And. Really, I mean, I could just read the first verse and it would prove my point. But this is such a rich passage. I'm probably going to go on for a minute. So just bear with me as I just get excited about the Lord here. It says, he, talking about Jesus, is the... Oh, uh, Colossians 1.15. Is that, that's where I am. Sorry, I got excited. Colossians 1.15. It says, he is the image of the invisible God. Talking about Jesus. Jesus is the image... Of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible. And and, and this is something like. This is like the third time I've addressed this point. Not me but the scripture. This is the third place in scripture this morning where we've seen this. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church, he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him was the fullness of God, uh, sorry, for in him, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. and though he, and, excuse me, and through him, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. i just like to throw that last verse in there because it was, that's the gospel right there. Making peace through his blood on the cross. The cross of Christ brings peace to all of us. But this morning what I'm talking about is being the image of God, that, that Jesus himself is the perfect image of God. And Jesus, he tried to make this this point to his disciples. Flip over to John fourteen. I'm so sorry. No, I'm not. <laughs> Put your rivet in Colossians. We're coming back there. I I just I just love this. Um, John fourteen. So here, here's the thing. Some of you, I look around this room. What I see some of you as is disciple makers. And some of you are scared of that because you think, well, it might be hard. And can I tell you, it's hard to be a disciple maker. And Jesus knows. And this passage, this kind of proves that too. In John 14, this is what, what Jesus says. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Which is just Jesus again saying, look, I'm the image of God. In my in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. And this is what Jesus says. You know the way to where I'm going. Now, here's Thomas. Thomas kind of gets a bad rap today. Thomas gets a bad rap because he asks questions that other people are afraid to ask. And so we call him Doubting Thomas. I don't know if he was doubting it more than anybody else. I would call him Questioner Thomas. He definitely asks lots of questions of things. But here's in verse 5, it says, Thomas said to him, I mean, Jesus said, you you know the way. And and Thomas is like, "Do, do, do I know the way? Not sure, so Thomas says, Lord, we, don't, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And this is Jesus' response. You, you know this. You, you've quoted this so many times. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. What did Jesus just say? He just said, you know the Father, and you've seen Him. Why? Because the invisible God has been made manifest. Now you know Him, and you've seen Him. And Philip, he's like, wait, what? And I think this is where Jesus, he's just, oh my goodness. Verse 8 Philip said to him, "Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us." Can you just imagine? Jesus could just got done saying, "You've seen him," and Philip's like, "Well, wait. If you show us, it's enough for us." I think Jesus kind of loses it here just a little bit. Jesus said to him, and I don't think this. I don't. If you have a Bible app, it would it would say maybe, "Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip?" I, I don't think that's the way Jesus said it. I think Jesus said, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does His works. Believe me that I'm in the father and the father is in me this this whole example of Jesus's interaction with his disciples over and over again it's just it's yeah anyway it's funny We'll we'll move on some of you I hope as we make you guys disciple makers I hope you're able to come to me with stories of like. Then I told them, and then they asked, and I was like, ah, "We've been over this before." And then you say things like, "My dear little children," go over to Colossians again, chapter three. So we've established something that's really important here. We've established that Jesus is an is the image bear but if we look in scripture according to genesis and to james that we're also image bearers how does this work out in colossians chapter 3 there's this this whole thing that goes on and 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 we're just kind of tear into it here there's a lot if you have a pen get it ready because we're gonna we're gonna go through some things here it says this if then you've been raised with Christ. How many have been raised with Christ? All right, there's a commandment here. Ready? If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. That's a commandment for us. It's our commandment now to seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds. Here's something else you're supposed to do. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. Why? For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. That gives me a little bit of confidence this morning. My life is hidden with Christ and God. It says when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Then he gives us a list of things to put to death. Now, I've always wished my whole life that when I just said yes to Jesus, that all my desires would just completely line up with God 100%, and like I wouldn't be tempted by anything else ever again. I I will say this. The more I set my mind on things above, you realize the easier it is to say no and put to death this list we're about to read? It's like there's a secret to it. Can I say the more I set my mind on things of Drew, the harder it is to put these things to death? What kind of things? Well... Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. Oh, wait, what? We started this thing talking about idolatry, right? Putting, and what is that? And making an image and worshiping it as God. And so just wanting something really badly that isn't God being covetous of something, it's basically like you're putting that thing in the place of God. and, and for us, it's no longer like like idols. I've, I've never walked in here and had to get onto somebody because they built something on the stage and we're worshiping it. Gladly, I'm glad that's not a problem. Um, but we have our things that we covet. Some of us it's, it's other stuff. It's material stuff. Some of us covet, right? Things. Some of us, it's better jobs, it's different relationships. Some of us covet relationships. And we've made that an idol in our lives when we're supposed to set our minds that are things above and this is what it tells us and, and i believe in grace but what this tells us that is on account of these things the wrath of god is coming ladies and gentlemen there is wrath i, I believe john three sixteen, for god's so that loved the world that he gave his only begotten son whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life but i also believe 20 verses later where it talks about the wrath of god is coming in john three thirty-six. and we we we'd like to be christian and lovey and sweet but there is a wrath of god and it, it does judge sin but this is what it tells us is in these you too once walked when you were living in them but now you must put them all away anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have, what, put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is, listen, I, I want to say this, put off the old self. If you go look this up in the original language, it's like taking off clothes and putting on new ones, right? But, but it's not just clothes, it's an entire self. You've put off the old self and a whole new self has been put on. But what kind of new self? This is what it says, and this is why we're in this passage right now. Which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. I think you missed that. The new self is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. What does this mean? It means if I can get more knowledge, and I'm not just talking about knowledge that pops up. But if I can really begin to know the creator, the image of the creator, really know who he is, if I got more knowledge of the image of the creator, then I can be renewed in myself, my new self. And how many you know like being renewed day by day is a thing? Then what does that mean for me then? It means day by day, I need to know what the image of the creator is. So so I'm going to sit with the Lord today, and I'm going to know what he looks like. I'm going to get in here and I'm like, okay, God, what do you look like? I need to know what the creator looks like. I'm going to do that today, and I'll be renewed today. And when I wake up tomorrow, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it all over again. Okay, God, I got to know what you look like again. You know why? Because once again, I need to put off the old self. I need to keep putting on the new self every day. How many know it's good to change your clothes every day? I, I work around junior high kids. You guys need to change your clothes every day. Wear deodorant. It's a thing. And if we don't every day get renewed in the knowledge of creator, well, we're going to begin to stink a little. And I'll tell you, I'm not going to point any of you out, because that wouldn't be nice, but I'll tell you in my own life, when I start getting the stinkiest, it's because... I haven't been looking at the Creator. I haven't been putting my th- my mind on things that are above. I've been putting my mind on all the things around me. And this morning, the Lord spoke to us in a word. It was a prophetic word. Some of you are like, I don't know what happened when you were pointing at people. Those were prophetic words. It was a prophetic word, one word, free, right? Freedom, um, and they're in the Bible. Um, To be free. And that word, it brings life. And that word helps us put our minds on things that are above. And sometimes we spend so much time thinking about how to get free rather than looking at the one that makes us free. And when you spend so much time looking at the thing, man. It just makes it harder. Putting our eyes on the image of Christ. Putting on the new self. Go to verse 12. It says this. Put on then. Once again, this is language like putting on clothes. Put on then. And then it pauses. As God's chosen ones. Are, are you chosen by God? I mean, listen, can I say, the world seems to think that being a Christian is such like like a, a, a bum deal. Like, man, you guys never get to have fun. You have to follow all these rules. And man, life just got to be tough for you guys. Can I tell you something? There's life in living for Christ. There's life in living for Christ because there's life in this passage because you're like, man, all this stuff you guys have to put to death. No, no, no. You're missing something. I'm one of God's chosen ones. I am, and it's, can I tell you something else? It's not because of anything I did. It's not one thing. Was it say in Ephesians? Uh, is it by grace you're saved, and not as your own. Son? Is, it is the gift of God? Why? So no one can boast. Like I did nothing. I did nothing. And right here it says that I'm one of God's chosen ones, and that echoes language back in the whole first chapter of Ephesians that, that we we are sons, we are chosen by adoption, right? We're brought in as God's chosen ones. What are we going to put on? Holy and beloved, compassionate hearts kindness humility meekness and patience bearing with one another and if anyone has complained against another forgiving each other as the lord has forgiven you so you must also forgive and above all these put on love which binds everything together and per- perfect harmony and let the peace of christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you recall the one body and be thankful let the word of christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in wisdom and singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Uh, This is a long passage. And in this long passage, it talks about being dead to these things and putting on these things. And at the hinge, right in the middle of the whole thing, and the way he also wraps it up, the way he wraps it up is, is he says, remember the words of Christ. Here's the way you can remember them. Tell each other, admonishing each other in them. Sing them together. Just sing the words of Christ together, is what I'm saying. Sing hymns and songs, spiritual songs. Why? To lift God up. And some of the songs, if you've noticed, some of the songs we sing are are really praise songs, and they really worship God. And some of them are just more about us singing together almost encouraging one another and that's biblical to sing these things together like i'm going to encourage you by singing this with you and uh, have you ever been in a worship service where you've been worshiping and you look over at so and so and you see them worshiping and singing those words and you know what they've walked through and all of a sudden you're like whoa whoa and it just wrecks your heart and all of a sudden you're experiencing something god like like oh my goodness that's kind of what this is talking about but in the middle of this whole passage of all these things it's saying how do we do this by knowing the creator by knowing the image of the creator you know what's crazy is that is it isn't just jesus that's supposed to look like this it's not just Jesus that's, that's called to look like this. It's us who's called to look like Jesus. If we look in, in 1 Corinthians, oh my goodness, I don't know where it is. 1 Corinthians 11.1? Let's, let's see. Um, 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Um, it's Paul talking. Yeah, got it. He says this. He says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ." Now wait a minute. Jesus looks like God. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Paul is trying to imitate the image of the invisible God. You know what I think? I think Paul realizes I'm in the image of God too. And if you read the stuff he's he writes, he knows. He knows that that we're joint heirs with Christ. You know what? I look like God. Now, I, I, I want to take a brief moment to say yeah, I, I know we're sinful. I know we mess up, right? I get that. Can I tell you this is all true because of the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And and I know when we truly get cleansed. We no longer want to walk in sin. What I tell you is, we were created in the image of God. We were created in the image of God. And what it tells us in Genesis and in James is that we are in the likeness of God. Jesus is the ultimate example of seeing God. And Paul's saying, look, imitate me as I imitate Christ." And, and can I tell you, brothers and sisters, this morning, that is the cry of our hearts this morning, is to get to a place where you can look at other people and say, look at me because I look like Jesus. I am in the image of God. And if you can truly get a hold of that this morning, some of you struggle with depression, you struggle with self-identity because you don't wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and see someone who's created in the image of God. You just see all the junk, all the problems. You see all the sin. And the more we look at sin, you can look and you can you can you can fight sin and you can fight sin and you can fight sin till you're blue in the face. You're not gonna get there. You have an adversary, he's gonna keep throwing that temptation at you. And you wrestle it with your flesh and your blood, and you're never gonna get there. You're never gonna get there. Because we don't wrestle that way. There's a spiritual thing going on. To be able to look in the mirror in the morning. Instead of picking that person apart, saying, look at that person and say, That person in the mirror is a son or daughter of God. I am a son of God, and I was chosen for good works. I was chosen, I was adopted. God chose me. And while I was still dead in sin, he died for me. That's who I am. I'm created in the image of God. And I'm, can I tell you something? There's something empowering about that. That when you realize that you were created in the image of God. That you walk in a power and authority. that, that and, it, and we don't, I mean we have time. I can take all the time I want I guess. But I won't this morning. That Jesus actually says all the cool things you see me doing. You're going to do greater works than me. I'm giving you authority. In fact that's what Jesus says. All authority has been given you. Why? Because you're an image bearer. You're an image bearer. And can I tell you something? That person that's driving you crazy, let's do this James 4 thing just a minute. The person that drives us crazy that we just nging, 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 about to put the glasses of God on and realize, oh my goodness, they're an image bearer. I don't know if it's putting the glasses of God on, I think it's ripping our flawed lenses off. My glasses right now, they've got scratches all in the front. I don't like wearing them much anymore. I'm wearing contacts. I get that question every time I wear contacts. Are you wearing contacts? I'm either wearing contacts or I'm blind. That's <laughs> so if, let me just answer that question for everyone. But, but there's this scratches all on, it. and so what I've noticed is I either have to look like this or like this, because right in the middle there's all these scratches. And what God's want to do is he's want to take that flawed way we view other people and rip that off and give us clear vision so that we can see people the way He sees them you're an image bearer i see you as an image bearer and if you realize that you're an image bearer and you begin to get confidence you know what i'm made in the image of god god has called me to walk like christ that you can look at other people confidently and say imitate me as i imitate jesus that that, that's that's living can i tell you that's living there's surviving and there's living. And living is being able to look at other people and say, you can imitate me as I imitate Jesus. And that's something to get excited about this morning. Will you stand with me? I, I think, um, man, I... The beginning of um, deer season this year, it's kind of wild because you know you get there to your blind early or your stand early, you know before the sun even's about to come up, and a lot of times it's just you know sometimes it just pitch black. And this year though it was there's it was a quite the full moon out when you were hiking out there in the m- middle of the night. Like I get out there and like I thought I would need my flashlight. I couldn't find my flashlight. As I walked out there. It was just like I was like, man, it's so bright out here everything's going to see me coming. And I guess it did because I didn't see anything. Um, and I want to say it's almost like like if, if God is the sun and we're just like that full moon that just reflects the sun, right? And just makes the earth so bright. But I almost want to say it's even more intense than that. Like, like I don't know if it's just refle- us reflecting the sun. It's, it's that we actually are created in His image, and that we can walk in the things that God has called us to. You, you don't have to be, you don't have to be this person who struggles all the time. I, and I'm not saying you're never going to have issues or troubles or trials or tribulations. What I am saying is, is that you can walk in a way in the authority of God. To where when you do walk through trials and troubles and tribulations, you're walking through knowing that you're an image bearer. And there, I'm telling you, there's confidence in that. There's confidence. Um, there's, a, there's a thing I do with my daughters. I guess someone can call. You guys are kind of acting like you want to come up. So one of you come up. Just one. I'll take one of you. Um, they kept looking at me. like, huh? Can I come up on the stage and play something? Sure. Um, th- there's this thing I do with my daughters. And it's way more effective than just screaming at them, I've found. Um And uh, like even this morning, it happened. My, my daughter Kai woke up, but didn't wake up, wake up. And she was feeling kind of, you know that morning feeling like, oh, I just don't want to do anything today, right? And that's, that, that was her. And she she was in there. I heard her in the bedroom just whining to her mom. I don't want to go to church today. I'm just so tired. I just don't feel like I, and it. And it was not that it's church. Someday she does this about school or just whatever. I just want to stay in my bed today. You know how it goes. I was listening. I was sitting in my recliner reading my Bible. And after listening to it while, wow, I was like, finally, I was like, Kai, come here. And she came in and she climbed in the recliner and I held her in my arms which boy she just spills out now everywhere she's getting so big and I just held her in my arms she kind of snuggled up to me and I talked to her I said you know Kai there's this time that Jesus like he didn't feel like going to the cross I know you guys like whoa that's pretty intense (laughs) like you're just talking about but but here's the deal he he wanted to he wanted to he was fully willing to but there's this thing where he prayed like God let this like if possible let this cut pass but but not my will but yours be done like he was fully willing to he just knew it was gonna be hard and and can you imagine like here he is in this moment and he he's like okay I I need my friends for a second he walks over to his friends And what are they all doing? They're asleep. And Kai kind of smiled at that point because, you know, that's what she wanted to do. It's like Jesus just wanted his friends to pray with them in this really intense moment. And they just wanted to sleep. He's like, can't you guys just discipling again? Sometimes it's rough, right? Sometimes you're trying to pull your disciples along. And he's like, can't you guys just pray with me? So he goes back off to pray and what do they do? Just just right back to sleep. These are men of God. And I said, guy, okay, you know, we're we're called to be faithful to the things God has called us to. And Jesus was faithful to going to the cross, even though maybe in his physically body his physical body he knew it would be hard. And he called the disciples to pray even though he knew they were tired. Jesus was faithful. And that's why I told her, I said, I said, we're faithful. We're faithful. And I know I talked about faithfulness last week, but I said, as as a pastor, as a teacher, as someone in our community, my desire is to always be faithful to everything that I do. I said, the church is one of the things that we're faithful to. We're always going to be there because we're faithful that's I said that's who we are we're killingsworths and killingsworths are faithful can I tell you something in her just kinda bucked up whenever I said we're killingsworths and killingsworths are faithful she bucked up she said well I'm gonna get ready because that resonated with her can I tell you I don't know how many times When I've told her that, like, we're Killingsworths, and Killingsworths are this. This is who we are. This is our identity. And if we, we, as the people of God, can realize that we're sons and daughters of God, right? We're Christ's. In the same way my daughter's a Killingsworth, and this is who we are. We're Christ's, and this is who we are. And man, you might not feel like walking in that right now. But here's the funny thing is as you bear the image, the same way my daughter bears the image of me, you guys kind of look like God. And we know that God, He's He's gonna enable you to walk through whatever it is, because you're his son, you're his daughter. And sons and daughters look like their mom and dad. You look like your father. You look like your father. You bear his image. And as a son, you can walk in that confidence. you bow your heads to me right now? you can you can because you are an image bearer rise up image bearer rise up son rise up daughter you can because you are his you are his this morning the Lord wants you to know the authority you have and. Man, if there's one thing I think the Lord's wanting us to leave here with is, is being confidence, of of having confidence of being a son and a daughter. Walking in confidence out of this place with our head held high. I am an image bearer. time this morning if you need prayer for anything at all we want to take the time to agree with you in prayer if you need healing if you have things going on in your life any you kind of prayer request at all we just want to take a moment and pause and i invite you to come to this altar and, and men and women of god sons and daughters of god will war with you in prayer let's just pause a moment here and let's wait Come and help minister to these. You have permission, you have the word of the Lord. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, including service times, contact information, and online giving, please visit www.fhop.church.